Now, come on in, it's me, Damien Barr. Get yourself comfy, have a wee seat. It is time for another book of the week. So what have we chosen for you this week? Well, let me ask you a question first. When was the last time you spoke with your granny? Now, I've not got any grannies left, um, but I feel like I'm in a constant spiritual dialogue with my granny Mac, and if you've read Maggie and me, you'll know who I'm talking about. Uh, our book this week is all about intergenerational friendships, a very unlikely one as it happens. It's called The Marmalade Diaries and it is by Ben Aitken and I guarantee that if you have got a granny, you will be phoning her up after reading this book. Ben is a travel writer and the author of several books, including Dear Bill Bryson, which is about his journey to retrace the steps taken by his literary idol in Notes from a Small Island. Ben also wrote the Times bestseller, A Chip Shop in Poznan, about his travels in Poland. And his book, the brilliantly titled The Grand Tour, the Grand Tour, there's no D there, I'm not dropping my D's in the Glasgow way. The Grand Tour, wish I'd thought of it myself, chronicles a series of coach holidays that he took with his elders. So The Marmalade Diaries is about his unlikely friendship with Winnie. Winnie is an 85 year old woman that he rents a room from at the start of the COVID pandemic. They are housemates separated by some years, but they are brought together under unusual circumstances to form a lasting friendship. Sounds like the premise for a novel. There is an irony about an escapist read that takes place during lockdown, but trust me when I say this is not a lockdown diary. It is a wry, light-hearted, beguiling memoir that will have you chuckling away in your reading chair, and as I say, maybe picking up the phone afterwards. Here's Ben with a reading from the beginning. Hello, my name is Ben Aitken and I'm the author of Marmalade Diaries, The True Story of an Odd Couple. It's lovely to be here reading for listeners of Damien Barr's Literary Salon. It's a lovely salon, I must say. The decor is at once inspiring and intimidating, if you can imagine that. I'm going to be reading from the beginning because if a beginning's doing its job, it should be inviting, like a front door. So let's start with the front door. Prologue. This is not a book about marmalade. Marmalade features, but it's not spread lavishly all over the place. I say this to forewarn readers who want a book about marmalade, which this isn't. Marmalade is in the title because I consumed it each morning during one of the strangest years of my life. It was one of the strangest years of my life because for the most part I spent it with a recently widowed 85-year-old. I moved in with Winnie because she had a spare room and needed a hand around the house. Or several, as it turned out. I needed a spare room and could lend said hand. What neither of us needed was a strict and protracted national lockdown to commence ten days after my moving in. Had I known what was around the corner, I would have stayed where I was. It was by no means my ambition to spend 96% of the foreseeable future with a stranger 50 years my senior. I've got quite a flexible conception of what a good time looks like, but even I would have balked at that. I didn't know what was around the corner, however, and so I moved in, and over the following months, Winnie and I more or less resembled a newlywed couple, minus the consent and passion. 
We did much of our chatting at breakfast. Long, wintry, lockdown mornings. It was over marmalade that we bonded. If you'll excuse the image. What follows is a record of our unlikely cohabitation, which lasted until it reached a natural endpoint in the summer of 2021. The record is unlikely to be treasured by posterity or join the ranks of existing diaries of socio-cultural significance, like those of Samuel Pepys and Bridget Jones. Hey-ho. Chapter 1. Under no circumstances am I to inherit the house. 21st of October, 2020. I'm moving in with Winnie. She's 85 and lost her husband, Henry, 10 months ago. Her children feel she could do with someone in the house. Someone other than themselves, presumably. For a bit of security and to assist with odd jobs, including but not limited to fetching coal and removing lids. I saw the room advertised online. When I clocked how low the rent was, I wondered if there was a catch. Turns out the catch was Winnie. Winnie's got the space. She's naturally gifted in this regard. It's a six-bedroom Victorian job. Detached, halfway up a hill, whopping garden. In every way opposed to any dwelling I've hitherto inhabited. I'll be lodging in a small flat at the top of the house, where the servants used to recuperate and share notes regarding the general pleasantness of their masters. I'm promised a view of Croydon. Winnie Carter, 85, widow. That's pretty much all I know. That and she likes to garden and talk about paintings. She used to volunteer as a guide at a couple of art galleries, I'm told, illuminating the human condition via Titian and so on. Her son, Stuart, a diplomat who lives six miles away, said that I'm not to mind his mother's ways, whatever that means. He said that once I'm accustomed to her idiosyncrasies, things will settle down. Of course, I asked about the novel coronavirus sweeping the globe, about whether Winnie would prefer me to keep my distance and so on. The opposite, said Stuart. She's fit and relaxed, said Stuart. Just don't snog each other, said Stuart. I can't help thinking Stuart wouldn't mind if his mum popped off early, so he might inherit his old bedroom sooner. I stand in the driveway and size up the house. Name, Windy Ridge. Windows, sash, single glazed, brick, yellow, door, red, knocker, unusual. Stuart answers the door. Hello, Stuart. Ben? We fist bump, two modern souls in sync. I offer my fist to Winnie. She just looks at it, then shuffles past me. I'm just going to check on the bins. Nice to meet you too. It doesn't take long for me to deduce that Winnie isn't a keen chef. I pick up on the idea when she says, about ten minutes after Stuart has left, so what's for supper? I play it safe and do a bolognese, and in the process use the wrong pot or pan about a dozen times. It's fair to say she's pedantic about kitchenware. 
She takes one mouthful, still on her feet, which is a novel approach, and then declares it amusing, which, as far as I'm aware, isn't a condition Bolognese aspires to. I serve the pasta with some focaccia, which she describes as determined-looking. She certainly got a way of putting things. We eat at the dining table, which dominates one side of the sitting room, which boasts two sets of French windows that give on to the garden. There's a sofa, two boardroom-style swivel chairs, a reclining armchair, another chair made from what appears to be pine wood, several dressers and a corner cabinet, wherein, for all I know, are the remains of Winnie's previous tenant. I'm not usually one for furniture. I tend to just sit on the stuff and get on with it, but I make a point of mentioning all this because it's pretty much all I'm mentioning to Winnie over dinner. My conversational tactics so far has essentially been say what you see. I'll give you a taster. Nice lamp, I say. Has a habit of blowing bulbs, says Winnie. Garden looks nice. A jolly nuisance. Is there meant to be a man in it? He comes once a week. I give him thirty pounds and a can of beer. What, for the day? I wish. He does three hours, which isn't nearly enough. No? In fact, I'm given to understand he's appreciative of assistance. That's a nice pepper mill. Rather obstinate, I'm afraid. What plant is that? Arguably the most common house plant in the world. Ah, it's a weeping fig, or a ficus benjamina. So it's got my name on it. It might have your name on it, but it shan't have your hands. I don't expect to be relieved of any possessions. I've had enough of that. How do you mean? Some members of my family were recently living here, and they appeared hell-bent on commandeering everything but the chimney. The arrangement didn't work out, then? No, it didn't. Hence your arrival. Shall we open another bottle? On the whole, dinner has the nice awkwardness of a first date. When our fingers briefly touch, going for the parmesan at the same time, Winnie displays reflexes that belie her years. Notwithstanding my opening gambit of itemising everything in the room, which only made Winnie worry I was pricing all her stuff, I'd say the conversation is generally okay. But I'd also say it's generally surface level, until, that is, Winnie spills some salt on the table and something about the mishap prompts her to remember losing her elder brother when he was 18. The world is strewn with cues at 85, I fancy. He drowned at sea, attempting a rescue, says Winnie. The boat was called Illustrious. I remember my father taking the call, saying, Right you are, right you are, yes, yes, keeping a brave face, but with tears streaming down his cheeks. She gives this some thought, the discrepancy between what's said and what's felt, then smiles, looks at me, and says, Do you come with pudding? And you know what? I didn't come with pudding. That was a reading from the Marmalade Diaries, the true story of an odd couple. I thank you for paying some attention whilst on your way to work 
or trying to get to sleep or on the treadmill. And I wish you all the best going forward and backwards and sideways. Thank you. Thank you, Ben. We loved it in every direction and no doubt our listeners will too. If you want to discover all of Ben's writing, then do check out his publisher, Icon Books, another brilliant independent press. And you know we love an independent press here and Icon Books are doing fantastic things. Um, ben has another title coming out in hardback in May 2023 and it's called Here Comes the Fun. Prolific! Once again, that was Ben Aitken reading exclusively for the Literary Salon from his new book, The Marmalade Diaries, which is available now in paperback in all good bookshops. You can grab a copy from our shop on bookshop.org or from your local independent bookshop or from your grand's local indie for the next time you visit her. Thank you for listening and thank you so much for sharing this episode with your nearest and dearest. We love when we hear from people about books that they found on our podcast. It does just give us all the joy. So if you've picked up a title after listening to Book of the Week, please get in touch. And also, while I'm at it, let me very quickly mention the Big Scottish Book Club, which is our salon-inspired TV show on BBC iPlayer and BBC Scotland, is back on the telly. So it's an hour-ish of book chat every week from Sunday the 30th of October. Check it out. Sorry about your TBR. Not sorry.